Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I'm so happy that you're here today because God's word is going to empower you to do all that he has called you to do and to be the person that he has called you to be. Praise God. Now, before we get into today's message, let's first receive the holy tithes and offerings, and let's take a look at a classic verse, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. The scripture, God's word says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Now, I have been told literally by some Christians, they have, they have literally told me this face to face. They have said, Pastor Stephen, wealth is not good. Wealth is dangerous. Well, I take them to the Word of God, and I read this verse to them. Often I, I have them read it, and I ask the question, if wealth is dangerous or bad or immoral, then why does God give you the power to get it? My friends, wealth is a good thing. Wealth is a blessing from God. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power, who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Now, let me say that covenant practice is what entitles you to financial empowerment. Again, covenant practice is what entitles you to financial empowerment. The scripture says that he may establish his covenant. So covenant practice is what entitles you and I to financial empowerment. And we have to be honest. If you are not a covenant practitioner, in other words, you don't practice this covenant, then it's shockingly true that you can live your entire life as a Christian and love God and live your entire life. But if you don't practice this covenant, you can see not a single change in your finances. Your finances could be very nominal, very normal. There is no supernatural uh, aspect of blessing anywhere in your finances, even though you're born again, because whoever puts their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved and you can go to heaven. But that doesn't mean that's going to affect your finances while you're here on the earth. Wow. If you are not a covenant practitioner, you can live and die as a Christian and not see a single positive change in your finances. So we practice the covenant. How do we do that? Through tithes and offerings. Now let's, let's consider this further. What is tithing? Tithing is the systematic release, not just releasing the tithe every now and then. No, it's the systematic release of a 10th of all of your increase to God. So the tithe simply means 10%. Technically tithing is not giving. The tithe is a special portion of our increase, which God has already reserved for himself. We see this very clearly in the Bible, in the book of Leviticus chapter 27 and in verse 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy. The tithe, it is holy to the Lord. And we know from a New Testament, New Covenant perspective that Jesus is our great high priest and he is still receiving our tithes today. Praise God. Let's be covenant practitioners. Here's another example of practicing the covenant along with honoring the Lord by bringing the tithe that belongs to him to him. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 11, and this will be verse 24. Proverbs 11, verse 24. This one I want to read from the English Standard Version. Praise God. The scripture says, one gives freely 
yet grows all the richer. Now, right there, you see right before your eyes, a kingdom mystery, something that doesn't make sense to those that are outside of the kingdom. Because if you run the math, if you give away, you have subtracted from your assets or your possessions or your wealth. But it says here, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Woo. Praise God. These things are very, very important. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Now let me say this with the authority of the scripture backing this statement. This is very important. Please listen very carefully to this. You don't need to know you know, 10,000 people that can somehow help put you over in life. In other words, you, you, you're trying to work natural connections because you think, well, it's who I know this or that or the other. But my friends, the truth is that you really need to know God and you need to know him as your provider. And when you understand that God is your source, then you can sit back and relax, practice the covenant and watch as he takes you to the very highest levels of blessing. And that certainly includes your finances. Praise God. <coughs> Excuse me. So I want you to seek God's connections or God's connection more than what you would endeavor to seek human connections. Let's give a verse for that. That would be Psalm 34. And that also gives me a chance to grab some water. Excuse me just for a moment. Psalm 34 and verse five, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Why were they not ashamed? Because they looked to him. You know, it's been a tough week for a lot of investors who have invested in ways that, you know, there's a lot of people that invest. They don't even pray. They don't even seek divine counsel. They just, whatever the hot thing is, they jump on it. And it's, it was a tough week for those in cryptocurrencies as uh, Bitcoin and others just were dropping like a brick. And many of these crypto websites uh, where you would go to invest or buy their currency actually had headers on their homepage that uh, were giving the, the 800 toll free number to the suicide hotline. This past week, you have literally had investors lose their entire life savings. Mm -mm. My friends, we need to be looking to the Lord because the Lord releases wisdom to those that seek him for it so that we can not experience calamity and disaster like so many have. That's not your portion to have these epic setbacks or these colossal financial failures. No, in the covenant, which is what we practice, there is a supernatural lifting and protection that goes along with that. That even if you did have some cryptocurrency and you're walking with the Lord, he would have directed you to unload it unless somehow that, you know, the God in his great foresight already knows there could be a recovery. But if there's not, he would certainly tell you to get off the train before the train ran off the tracks. Wow. But this is for those that are covenant practitioners outside of that. I tell you what, it's a very dangerous world. And that includes the world of finances. We need to be covenant people that are practicing this kingdom financial covenant through tithes and offerings. Praise God. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord because God truly is our source. You know, I was in a meeting uh, some years back and I was getting ready to minister the host who invited me, uh, he was going to speak after me. And just before I went up, I was sitting on the front row. He was sitting next to me and he kind of, he kind of elbowed me kind of gently, a low profile. And he leaned over and whispered and he said, brother Stephen, I just want you to know 10 rows back right in the center. There's a billionaire, multi-billionaire sitting there. And I said, brother, 
I said, you need to get your eyes off the billionaire and get your eyes on the Lord and minister uh, the word of God, regardless of who's sitting on row number 10. I, uh, I could tell that didn't go over. He's, he's thinking about the billionaire. I think he was actually a multi-billionaire there in the meeting. And so I just got up and ministered. It was time for me to go up and minister and just preached, had a good time in the spirit. Didn't even really look over in that area because I didn't, uh, you know, because I'm uh, ministering. And, and so I just flow in the Holy Spirit. The pastor there in that meeting was completely healed of uh, a severe case of hemorrhoids. Uh, he got up off the floor completely healed. And I wasn't not even thinking about who's in the meeting. I'm just ministering in the spirit. And when I got done, they received an offering for me. And it was very, very uh, handsome offering. But then my friend gets up after me because there was a short intermission. And then, then he's up. And the, the so-called billionaire is still sitting out there somewhere. So he gets up. And uh, he's, he's trying to work it, you know, because he's thinking. Yeah, he's trying to generate all this stuff and uh, all in the flesh. And honestly, that just shows his eyes were not on the Lord, which is why in many ways he had a lot of the frustrations that he had, but it came time to receive his offering. When he was finally done, uh, the offering was collected and gathered. And, uh, when he found out what it was, he about, he about, uh, passed out. Uh, he said, Oh, brother Stephen, he said, this is not a prophetic offering. He said, this is a pathetic offering. So with all those people there and all of his huffing and puffing and sweating and don't going through all uh, the offering was $28. <laughs> I said, brother, I said, it serves you right. I said, for putting your eyes on some human out there, doesn't matter who the person is. We should keep our eyes on the Lord. My friends always look to God as your source. And we need to understand that we are coming into situations now where only those who have a direct connection with God will be the ones with the answers and the ones with peace in our finances. So this is a real key that will help to establish not only dignity in your life, so you don't have to degrade yourself and do stupid stuff because you're hoping to get a handout. So you're acting like a puppy or something like that. No, but not only so that you have dignity, but so that you also have true financial strength. Praise God. And yes, the Lord does work through uh, connections and friendships and divine relationships. And I, I understand that that's a very important part, but you still have to be look, you have to be able to look over that person that's blessing you, whether it's a, a special contract or a, a boss or corporation that you work for or special customers that are maybe your biggest clients in your sales or whatever it might be. You really have to be able to look past that and see that God is your source and tie into him, be a covenant practitioner, and he'll take you to the very top Praise God. Now, let's bring in the tithe that belongs to the Lord, and also let us sow financial seed as the Holy Spirit leads. If you prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. Now, if you want to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so from anywhere in the world. Day or night is very easy. Please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the home page, and it says give. It has a red heart. You can click on that, and you can bring your tithes online right through that online safe, secure portal. Now, if you want to sow a special seed, bring an offering into the ministry. We do have various uh, programs that we're working on right right now. And uh, the programs are beyond, uh, you know, the general operating budget. That's what the tithes uh, help us to do is to meet the, the various needs of the ministry. So everything runs smoothly, but your special offerings help us to move these projects forward. Uh, if you want to click on the link called projects, it's an orange banner, click on that. You'll see some of the things we're focused on right now and that we are moving forward on and you're giving uh, is greatly appreciated. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people. They're bringing the tithe and the offerings in now. Father, we thank you that Jesus is receiving their tithes right now. We give you all the praise and glory. Father, touch their seed, multiply it back to them with your very best return. Let their dreams come true. Do money miracles in their lives. Let debt be reduced and paid off and let your people have liberty and freedom. 
Thank you, Father God, and help them empower them to fulfill their calling. It's going to require finances. Father, help them to be covenant practitioners. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for your giving and your support of this ministry, this work of the Lord that is reaching literally around the world. Praise God. Now, let's go into today's message. Let's go over to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 11. And of course, here we see the seven spirits of the Lord discussed. And we want to get into this because uh, you can actually see from the New Testament while Isaiah mentions the seven primary attributes of the Holy Spirit, they can actually be reduced down to two. Let's pray. Father, as we're going into your word in today's message and today's study, we're asking that your Holy Spirit would flow, that we can be operating on your wisdom frequency. We thank you, Father God, that your, your thoughts are very high, your way of doing things are so effective and strategic and supernatural. Now, Father, we thank you that we're tied into this more and more, and we thank you for victory. And we thank you, Father God, that the church in the earth will be seen as a force to be reckoned with because of the wisdom, the strength, and the empowerment that the church will be displaying in the earth in this end time hour. Now, we give you praise. Thank you for the moving of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say amen. Isaiah 11, verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So seven primary attributes of the Spirit. Number one, the Spirit of the Lord. Then we have the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of might, Spirit of knowledge, and number seven, the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. Praise God. Now, let's go over now to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and you'll see that these seven, really, if you examine them, they all tie in to two primary attributes, and that is a representation of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, but to those who are called, that would be you and I, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, here we go, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So when you're seeing the spirit of might, uh, and so forth, you're looking at the, at the power of God. And when you're looking at whether it's the, the spirit of knowledge and so forth, really you're looking at characteristics or outsourcings of the spirit of wisdom himself. So you can bring them down to the power of God and the wisdom of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me say this with my ministry and even with my personal life, I'm not called to debate the gospel with skeptics. Uh, there are many uh, people out there that sometimes just want to engage me in uh, their various theories and their ideologies, which, you know, of course, don't harmonize with the Bible. But I'm not, I, I'm not a person that just jumps in there and kind of like uh, would be... I guess in the body of Christ, you would call them an apologist. Not somebody, of course, that goes around and apologizes, but an apologist is somebody, that's a Greek word that means to simply explain and explain and explain. But, you know, we live in a time where there are some skeptics or unbelievers, they're, they're not going to believe it no matter how well you explain it to them. So for me, it's not about trying to convince them with an intellectual persuasion, although I'll endeavor to present the gospel in a way that rationally makes sense. But in my life, I, I see the gospel as being the, the power and the wisdom of God that in many ways is better, is better displayed. And when they can see it, it's like, hey, if you want, on, if you want in on that, uh, this is what it is. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. Freedom from sin, deliverance from all the bondages of the devil. Now, if you want to enjoy that and theorize while you're swimming around in the sewer of the world's filthy system and all that's involved in it with lying and immorality and all the junk that's out there from drugs to all types of perversion, then, uh, then th that's where you, that's where you're at. But it, when you see the gospel demonstrated, 
through power and also through wisdom. Then that says a lot. That says a lot to people, even in other religions, that can sit there and look and say, you know, uh, it's not uh, what they're saying. It's not just word. It's power also. And that's why many, of course, want to come to Christ because he is the only solution to the problems that they're facing. Praise the Lord. So Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God. And in our lives, there should be flowing through us the expression of power and wisdom as well. Not just in things that we say, but in the life that that we live and that we even build. Remember, God is a creator. He built this world. He built out and created the universe. So we do have that expression of creativity on the inside of us. And we know that God created the universe and this world through wisdom. So we should have works of wisdom as well. And the truth is, is that with this power and wisdom that is available, available from God, you can, in a sense, create your own world. You can create your life. Now I can't go create somebody else's life. That's their sphere. That's their life. But with your own life, praise God. Yes, you can go to work and you can make something beautiful that does what speaks and declares the power and wisdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's go back to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter six, and let's get on the right track. Jeremiah chapter six, please go with me to Verse 16, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask, ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Well, that's why Israel as a whole ancient Israel, uh, even the divided kingdom, uh, whether it's Northern kingdom or Southern kingdom, it didn't matter. That's why they all got into trouble. Why they would not walk in the ways of God. They would not walk in the old paths, which God says is a good way. And also that is the route where you find rest for your souls. Praise God. Now, one of the great signs of the end times is the church discovering the ways of God. And yes, you need to be saved, but I'm talking about once you're saved and born again and in the kingdom of God, I'm talking about discovering and learning these ways. God's ways are 100% good and they're always correct. They're always current they're never outdated and they always lead to peace. Woo. Praise God. That's why we need to be walking in the ways of God. What man can present at his best are simply ordinary ways, but God's ways are extraordinary. Praise God. And as we walk in the wisdom of God, as we walk on the old paths, the ancient paths, we will begin to experience the supernatural blessing and lifting of the Lord. Now let us ask ourselves the question, what is wisdom? Wisdom, my friends, is knowing and applying, knowing and applying the ways of God. Wisdom is taking God's approach to every issue of life. Woo, praise the Lord. Wisdom is not common sense because if all you have is common sense, all you're going to have are common results. So wisdom is not common sense, but it's scriptural sense. It is the ability to operate by scriptures and the leading of the Holy Spirit each and every day of your life. Let me just tell you that if you were to take Jesus from heaven and he were to come here right now as a man, and you just plugged him in into a, uh, let's say you put him in one of the most impoverished nations of the world. Uh, let's say he's 33 years old, and you just throw him in there with uh, nothing, no money. All he's got is clothes. And say, Jesus, see what you can do. How many of you know he would know what to do? 
You would not find him begging. You would not uh, find him doing crazy, uh, foolish things. You would find him immediately beginning to operate and work by principles and just give it a little time. And before you know it, he is starting to take over and it's, it, it works. Why? He knows what to do. That is a big part of what wisdom is. You just know what to do because of the word, which gives you the guidelines and the Holy spirit who leads you in your own uniquely God tailored life to walk this out in ways that are applicable to you. But I'm telling you, God can take you. And if you know principles and you know, his wisdom and you can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. He could put you anywhere. You could, you, could, you could give up everything and leave immediately and go to another country, even, even a troubled country, and you can go there. But if you know what to do, you can start doing it there. And it will work there just like it will work anywhere else. And yes, you need a little time, okay? But as you keep working it, working it, suddenly it starts taking off and things start working. And the next thing you know, people look and say that person is being successful. Mm, praise the Lord. Now, it is a truth that we are fully, right now, in the wisdom era of the church. Praise God. So you can't be left out. Let's go to Ephesians chapter three. I would like for us to drop down the verse 10. I want to read this in the uh, Holman translation. I like the way that that read uh, Ephesians chapter three, verse 10. Let's see. Let me grab uh, my Holman translation. Here we go. It says, this is so God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavens. Now scholars say that anytime you're getting into this wordage of the rulers and the authorities and, and so forth, you know, principalities and powers, this is always a reference to the evil spirits that mock the wisdom of God that say our way is better that that com that would say God's word is outdated. It doesn't work anymore. His principles don't work. Come over here and live for now and enjoy yourself and do it this way instead. Well, God has destined the church, the church, that means you so that you are a person that walks in the multifaceted wisdom of God. And it's working so well in your life that it speaks to these principalities and powers, you're running out of time. You're finished. Your kingdom has already been crushed and destroyed by Christ's mighty resurrection. And your time is almost up. And it makes them nervous when they see mature sons of God, men and women of Christ who know who they are in God, operating in the wisdom of God. It's the writing on the wall for the devil. He's running out of time and there's nothing he can do to stop the church because the gates of hell will never, ever prevail against the Lord's mighty triumphant church. Say amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, we also see uh, there in verse 10 that if we move to verse 11, that this is according to the eternal purpose which He, God the Father, accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is God's plan. So, you need to know that the church is going to be the entity in the earth that's in charge. There's going to be chaos in nations. There's going to be troubles in various nations. Uh, uh, so a lot of people are, are fleeing and running from here or from there or whatever the case might be. Many times the Lord is saying, stay put and I'll bless you right where you're at. Now, of course, if the Holy Spirit does lead you to move, that would be something different. But you have to understand the church in the earth is in charge and the purpose for the building up of the church, or as the Old Testament prophetically speaks of Zion, is for the ultimate appearing of Jesus, who is going to come back and return very soon. We see this in Psalm 102. Please turn there with me. Psalm 102. And let's go down to verse 16. For the Lord 
shall build up Zion. By the way, you and I are Zion. For the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. So when Zion, when the church is built up, reaches maturity and is ruling and reigning, that is when the Lord will appear in his glory. And Jesus is committed to building his church to maturity. And the primary instrument that he's using to do this with is the instrument of supernatural wisdom. That's God's wisdom. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 24, Proverbs 24. And let's take a look at verse three through wisdom. A house is built. Can you imagine somebody building a house with no wisdom? Uh, no, no, no skill at all. No general contractor license. Don't know what they're doing. What's going to happen where the walls are not going to be square. Uh, the floor is going to be uneven. All kinds of weird things are going to pop up and who knows it may eventually collapse. You do see buildings in certain, uh, uh, countries that are not as developed where entire buildings sometimes just collapse, just collapse. And sometimes it's not because inferior materials were used. It's just that the design was done in a way it cannot support the load. And eventually it collapsed. It was not built in wisdom. So through wisdom, a house is built. So wisdom is very crucial to the building of God's church in his end time plan. And by wisdom, the church, my friends will reign. Mm-mm. Now think about this. We're going to look at Psalm 110, Psalm 110. Let's go to verse two, actually verse one, Psalm 110, verse one, the Lord said to my Lord. Now this is a Psalm that David wrote by inspiration of the Holy spirit. So David basically says the, the Lord, the heavenly father said to my Lord, that would be Jesus. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion rule in the midst of your enemies. Now let me first say that although it would be nice for all of the enemies of the church to be removed, how many of you know the time for that has not yet come. There will come a day when the meek will inherit the earth. And there will eventually come a day when all of the wicked are judged and thrown into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone for all eternity. But right now there can be very evil and wicked people that still remain in the earth in our nation and in other nations. And if they could have their way, they would slaughter every single Christian overnight, but they cannot have their way. And my friends, not only will, uh, is it possible for the wicked to still be around, but they can be around, but the church is going to dominate. Praise God. And it says here, rule in the midst of your enemies. They can be all around. They may not like it. That's just the way it is, but we're going to continue the rule and the church will be the controlling force in the last days because why the church will be walking in the wisdom of God, the wisdom that is above all forms of natural wisdom that are currently involved in the earth. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 24. And this time let's look at verse five, Proverbs 24, verse five, a wise man is strong. Yes. A man of knowledge increases strength. Again, a wise man is strong. Look, when you're strong, you can't be pushed around, bullied around, or toyed with. Why? You have strength that comes from wisdom. So we need to understand that God's strength is packaged in wisdom. And God sending the rod of his strength into Zion will cause the church to rule where? right in the midst of her enemies. How will the church do it? Through the wisdom of God. Wow. Mm, 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 mm. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, the church is becoming 
a powerhouse. I know uh, uh, Prophet Bob Jones said that uh, it, that he was able to see decades ahead, and he saw even up to the decade of the 2050s and even into the 2060s. He said, "I saw the church, and the church was not beaten down, trodden down, or defeated, but was overcoming in every way." Woo! Praise the Lord. I'll tell you, your eschatology or your uh, expectation of end time events can affect the way that you live out your life as somebody who potentially could want to run away and go live on a deserted Island or somebody who could, who will stand and say, I will do business until he comes. Hallelujah. I will occupy till he comes. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to do kingdom business. I'm going to be involved in the furtherance of God's kingdom through uh, being connected with the ministry works that God has assigned me to. And I'm also going to be plugged in here. Glory to God. Come hell or high water. We're going to thrive. Glory to God. And we're moving forward. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, God is committed to revealing his wisdom to his people in the end times in which we live. He knows we need it. So he's committed to giving it to us as we seek after him and ask him. And it is going to be transformative to the church. We see this in the book of Isaiah chapter two, Isaiah chapter two. Let's turn over there just for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Isaiah two verses. Well, let's start in verse one. The word, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. Oh, hallelujah. My friends, we're right here in the smack dab middle of this right now. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house, not the devil's house, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people look, there's going to be millions upon millions. Even we're going to get over into the billions. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So the word will be in the mouth of the church Praise God. And there will be such glory upon the end time church that people say, you know what? Uh, whew, I, I don't think I like the way my life is. And they sure look blessed over there. I think I'm going to go join up and hook up with whatever they're doing. Mm -mm. And what we're doing is that we are exalting Jesus. Hallelujah. And proclaiming his saving healing and delivering power. Praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So wisdom will establish you on the high places of the earth and bring you not to the poor house, but will bring you to prominence. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we all know that God's wisdom is not ordinary, but here's something that you need to understand today. God's wisdom is not ordinary. So the ordinary mind cannot comprehend it. It is with your spirit that you come in contact with God's wisdom. Please, please very, very careful attention with the truth that I'm now dispensing to you. God's wisdom is not ordinary. So the ordinary mind cannot comprehend it. It is with your spirit that you come in contact with God's wisdom and your spirit then gives directives to your mind. Praise God. So to walk in divine wisdom, your spirit, it's essential that it be linked with the spirit of God. This is kind of ABCs, you know, like a introductory class 101, but God is a spirit and he has made us in his image. So you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in your body. When Adam sinned, he, he previously was three-dimensional, spirit, soul, body. But he, he died when he sinned, 
And suddenly he only became two-dimensional. He now has a spirit, but his spirit is now dead. He is, he's physically alive, but he's spiritually a dead and he still has a soul and he still lives in his body, but he's lost that connection with God. It's been broken because of sin. And eventually he also died naturally. He also died physically. But the moment he sinned is when he became disconnected from God. However, we know that Jesus died in order to reconnect us back to God so that whoever believes in his sacrifice of his life can receive forgiveness of sins and receive him and receive eternal life. So now the connection is hooked back up. It's like having your internet unplugged, you know, your Wi-Fi go off, or if you plugged in with your ethernet, you pull, you pull the cord out and now you have no internet, but you plug it back in or get the Wi-Fi back up and back going. And now you're, you're reconnected. My friends, if you're not born again, your spirit has been disconnected from God. So we with recreated spirits, we now have the ability to tie in to this wisdom of God and it's being drawn from the word, but it takes the Holy Spirit to make it come alive. And also the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks to us. Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's take a look at verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, Adam, that's Jesus, became a life giving spirit. Praise God. So the communication line between us and God is now open through the born again experience. So what we need to do now is we need to draw out the secret wisdom from God through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, this is all about the power and the wisdom of God, not just theories and talk and all about and all of that. Okay. Cause that, that stuff is like endless circles and endless conversations. No, when it, when it was said of Jesus, they said, where, where did he get all of this? That where did he get all of this, uh, all these mighty works and this wisdom? So they noticed two things very distinct about him. Number one, mighty works. Okay. That's another word for power and wisdom. So he had power and wisdom and they can see it. They could see it not only when he prayed for people and miracles happened, but they could just see what was going on with his ministry, the way his ministry was being run and the, the power of the spirit that was riding on his life. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we can now begin to pull out that power and wisdom of God and have it flow into our lives. Let's go to first Corinthians chapter two. We're very close by first Corinthians chapter two. Praise God. And let's go down to verse, verse nine is good. Verse nine, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. Look, you can't get these things through these physical abilities, your ability to see, or even your ability to hear. I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Well, Pastor Stephen seems like we're kind of uh, shopping on the outside of the store, just looking through the window, window shopping. Oh, but we can go inside through verse 10. We can go inside and possess now verse 10, but God has revealed them to us. How? Through his spirit. Mm. Education is good. It's, it's vital. Actually, it's necessary. But there comes a point where intellectually that can only take you so far. And if you want to go into the fullness of what God has for your life, you're going to have to get into the power and the wisdom of God. And that, my friends, that is all pointing to the Holy Spirit who is there to take you into the image of Christ. Praise God. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes. The deep things of God. You'll never get into that with your intellect alone. 
You're going to need the Holy Spirit. He searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a, of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Let me say that again. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And it's the Holy Spirit connecting your spirit now into this realm of the deep things of God, the wisdom of God, flowing in your life, bringing answers literally to any question that you may need to have answered. And there may be a door that's closed and you can stand there and you may even weep and say, God, I don't have the key. Trust me. He's got the key and you don't need to cry. You need to tie into the wisdom of God because God knows how to open any door. He knows how to get you through anything. Praise God. And sometimes in the natural, we could stand back exasperated and say, God, we don't know what to do, but we know that you do because in you, there's nothing but life and victory and joy and success. So, oh God, show us the way forward by the power and wisdom of Christ. Woo! And the Lord will, he'll make a way for you. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is the one who communicates to you dropping into your spirit, not into your big toe, nor into your elbow, but dropping into your spirit, the answers that you need to the questions that you have. Now it's, it is interesting. And I'm sure that there are those that are listening and watching right now. And you may be thinking, well, how come God doesn't just speak to my mind? Why does he speak to my spirit or my inner man? Why does he do that? Well, it's because God's creation is on different levels. God understands that when he made dogs, dogs speak to other dogs with a dog type level of communication, whether it's barking, wagging the tail or sniffing and smelling to pick up you know, dog data or information. That's how dogs communicate. Dogs communicate to dogs through barking. And then you have lions, but see lions speak to lions on the lion frequency, whether it's a roar or whether it's a rub or whatever it might be. And sheep, they speak to sheep with their means of communication, whether it's uh, you know, blah and all this and that, they know how to communicate with each other. But with man, we are made in God's image. We are the apex of God's creation. We're not just another element of what he has created. We are on the God level. I didn't say that you and I are God, but I'm saying we are made in his image and we have his very qualities on the inside of us. And because of that, you have to understand that God is a spirit. And so because God is a spirit and we are created in his image, he speaks spirit to spirit. In other words, this is not like he's going to communicate to us through barking. Okay. Cause that's how dogs communicate. Cause that's, that's their frequency, but we are on a different level. You're on the God. You're on that. You're in the God class. That's a good way to say it. So because we're created in his image, unlike an animal, because we're created in his image, he's because he is a spirit. He's going to speak to your spirit. Woo. That's why, that's why he does it that way. So you could say that that is the frequency through which wisdom is communicated. It is the wisdom frequency of the spirit communicating to your spirit, the wisdom of God, you catch it, you catch it, your mind picks up on it and you know what to do. So really the mission of your spirit is to collect the deep secrets of God from the Holy spirit. And then once they are delivered to your spirit, then your mind picks up on it and does what puts it into action because it will work. The wisdom of God will produce for you just like it produces for God. Woo, praise the Lord. Tie into these things by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is the book of wisdom, but you're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you navigate 
the specific route that God has for your life. Because what God may tell one man or one woman to do may not be what he wants you to do because you don't have the same di uh, direction. Now we all have the direction of going to heaven, but as far as your career or your marriage or, you know, uh, you know, all these other variables and factors of your life, it's all very different from person to person. So yes, you have the word, the Bible, which is God's uh, wisdom revealed, but it takes the Holy spirit to anoint that word, to unveil that specific path that he has for you. So you practice principles because the, there's principles all through God's word and you are open to the leading and the guidance of the Holy spirit, who is the greatest communicator on the planet right now, when it comes to communicating the will of God and God's plan for your life the greatest communicator on the earth is the Holy Spirit, and he's ready to lead you and guide you forward into the wisdom of God. You'll always have the solution that you need, and if you're ever stuck, he's got the answer to get you unstuck and to get going again. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now that they will be devourers of your wisdom that they will celebrate your word in the midst of a society that is so sin sick that they sneer at your word. I think you that your people will celebrate your word because they're celebrating wisdom. And I thank you, Father God, that while the world may snicker and sneer, they will watch as your people rule and reign in the midst of all the chaos. And while others slide down, your people, oh God, you're taking them higher because you are displaying your multifaceted wisdom through those that are watching, those people that belong to you, your sons and daughters, and you're going to use them as a proof that your wisdom trumps any of the so-called wisdom of the world. And then, Father, it will be wrapped up by your people coming home to be with you and stepping over into eternal victory, joy, and happiness. Now, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise for the unveiling of your wisdom in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So many of you right now, you're getting dialed in. Just like those old radios, you, you would turn the dial until you could pick up the station signal very clearly. You are dialing in into the frequency of God, into the wisdom of God, and you're turning off the other voices that would lure you into a trap, into something that would deviate you away from God's best for your life. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. For those that are watching today's program and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you can get your life right with God right now, and you can have that broken connection restored, and you can have a one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with the living God. For those of you that are watching, I want you to pray to receive Christ now as your Savior. Pray this after me. If you've never done this before, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But Jesus, I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Wash me clean of all of my sins with your precious blood. And write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life today and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the Lord's house of wisdom. Praise God. Becoming a believer is the most wisest thing anybody could ever do. Praise the Lord. Amen. Woo! The blessings of serving God are eternal. Yes, they're, they're super beneficial while we're here on the earth, and they are for all eternity. Praise God. Well, my friends, let's take Holy Communion, let us proclaim the Lord's death till he comes, because the wisdom of God was in the death of Christ, because through his death, our sins, the penalty of our sins, the wages of our sins, he paid for it on the cross 
while he hung there as the sinless redeemer of lost mankind. Praise God. Woo! Jesus has reconnected us to God. Hallelujah. So that's why we're going to take Holy Communion today. I want you to get some unleavened bread, some grape juice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. Through this prayer, we bless it. We sanctify it. That is, we set it apart as being holy. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we just thank you that Jesus, he is your power and wisdom. And oh God, we thank you that you said that the church will rule in the midst of her enemies. And we thank you, oh God, that you are displaying your wisdom so that we might come into this living reality of ruling and reigning in Christ in every facet of our lives. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. And as we receive his flesh, we thank you that his victory is ours. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body together. God's plan is being unveiled to you. You want to pray very precisely. You want to slow your life down and your decisions down to the speed of accuracy. Don't just make a good decision, make an excellent decision where you nail it and get it just right. Woo. Praise God. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus over our lives, cleansing us from all sin. And Father, for our conscience sake, if any of us have sinned or done anything wrong, we ask that you would forgive us, cleanse us with the blood of Jesus, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name we pray, and we thank you for the mighty, effective cleansing power of the blood of Christ. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive right now. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody's watching me right now. You're a government official. And you're, you're, uh, I don't know who you are, but you, you're in the FBI. And uh, you're not watching me because I'm an FBI target or anything. You just somehow have drifted over to my, my channel. And you're, you're watching this message today, and you're, you're, you're right on the edge. And I want to say to you, you're a man. I say, sir, come on over into the kingdom. Come on over into the kingdom. Don't be concerned about what you might lose. You're concerned about re uh, relationships and your reputation. Come on over, receive Jesus into your heart. He'll work everything out. He'll make your life beautiful and peaceable, but you must receive him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Uh, don't put your colleagues before the Lord Jesus. Put him first. He'll save you right now. Yield to him right now. Ask him to come into your heart. He'll save you just that quickly, just that easily. Father, we pray for that, that gentleman that's watching, that he make that decision to receive Christ. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel a peace in my heart. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the Lord. You know, with the wisdom of God, you don't make wrong investments now, that wisdom sometimes can come in through other counsel, because uh, wisdom does have a lot to do with uh, counselors and advisors, and be very open to who the Holy Spirit can speak a word through. And you could have somebody say something to you, and it rings and reverberates with truth. And that doesn't mean you need an angel to come up and uh, with a silver trumpet, uh, blow the trumpet in your ear and then say, God says, don't do this. No, uh, sometimes uh, God can just speak through a person that just thinks they're talking or they're having to make some kind of a statement. They don't even realize there's any weight to it, but you hear it and you know, that's something that the Lord is giving you wisdom on. So remember the Lord leads and guides. He'll take you forward. He won't take you backwards. Lift your hands. 
Father, I speak blessing over your people. I thank you, oh God, that you're moving them forward in your plan. And I thank you that the end time church will not have spot or wrinkle or be downtrodden or defeated, but that your people are more than conquerors. Now, Father, let the spirit of faith be in them, just like it was in Joshua and Caleb and the Apostle Paul and all of the great saints throughout church and uh, throughout church history and the history of Israel. Father, bless your people today in Jesus' name. Help them, them to do all that you've called them to do. And we thank you for your wisdom resting on their head, just like a literal physical crown of gold resting upon their head. They know what to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. My friends, the power and wisdom of God are yours. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time.